Anybody need to do that? What am uh, I doing? What do you need even, me to do? I didn't even hear your <laughs> clap. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Valley Cast on the Valley Folk channel over on YouTube, as well as all your podcast platforms, platforms, platforms. You've got Joe Barrett on the ones and twos. You've got Elliot Morgan on the threes and fours. And here we go. We're opening doors. We're crossing floors and we're giving you the best podcast that you've heard ever since the inception of podcasts. Here we go. Whoa, 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 whoa. Don't feel like watching movies, so I'll watch people guess them instead. I don't know how it goes. I think it starts with your show. Uh, do you see the room I'm in, Joe? Do I do. My... I see yeah. the room that you're it's in. Very feminine. It's very. Uh, it's actually. It's given Disney a little bit. Like if you told yeah, me, you very were Disney. At, you were at Disney and you were at one of the hotels that is not like associated with disney but is only but associated is. by disney by uh uh, 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 uh oh, proximity yeah. yes one of their friends friends yes. Of disney. yes there you uh, are friendly properties uh folks we don't have steve zaragoza nor kevin plackey this week because the both of them have fallen ill as a result of traveling uh together and sharing their germs Mm -hmm. And so we were supposed to podcast as normal over the weekend. Uh, sometimes we'll push to Monday if the schedules don't align. We did that. Everyone was busy. And so this is the first time, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, Joe, in the five years or so that we've been doing this, Holy that crap. A, we will be late, and B, we are recording on the day that we typically upload the podcast. So this is a, a we're breaking, a, once again, we're mm -hmm. breaking new ground. Um, You know, being a pioneer. Uh, one, yes. And two, we told Kevin and Steve, we said, don't share germs. Don't share germs. Dude, this I was discussing this with Mr. Falzone of Michael and Falzone. And he said that he does not. He makes a point, And he is. This is true about Mike Falzone. Sometimes he can be even though he looks like a dirty, dirty person. He's really <laughs> clean. <laughs> and he, even though he looks disgusting um no he's an incredibly handsome incredibly his vibe is person. a facade <laughs> yes and uh and he's like i just don't share things and these boys they go and they share their things and i just you know i mean i'm not trying to be the dad here because i'm not no i'm no beacon of health uh on the outside uh mike is giving uh the collective unit of jackass all in one person on the inside he's giving <laughs> howard hughes locked in a room <laughs> <laughs> yeah um what's going on with you joe let's let's dive so what do we want to talk about in this, this is just, it's very rare that me and joe get to have a, an hour to ourselves to just discuss things in the presence of our fr valley friends so, and not 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 share germs and not share germs and not exactly. share germs um, i got an interesting instagram message that i'll read to you oh okay i got a very interesting instagram message that oh, I, I will read wait. to you Okay. I, I thought it was uh I thought it was very interesting. <laughs> Ooh, that is such an you know, that is an adjective that I fall back on a lot when I don't feel comfortable saying what I feel. Now let me find it because I opened it and then I responded to it. And when you respond to it, it goes to a different spot. <laughs> yeah, I don't understand Instagram with their generals and their primaries and their Oh no, where'd it go? Hold on a second. Oh my god. Yeah, screenshot these things, man. What a great way to start the podcast. Here we go. Okay. <laughs> this is gay. So I'm going to read it out. This is gay. I heard an interesting story today after showing an instructor at the Defense Information School, which is the Military School for Public Affairs or Photo Video Journalism, your old Mother's Day video. 
Apparently, about 10 years ago, the military was trying to revamp their AFN news since their material had pretty much stagnated for 20 years. And my instructor and a couple of buddies decided to start a new segment on Fridays based on SourceFed's format. They wrote a pilot, they got it approved, and it aired, finding it to be a huge success. Then, with the green light, they wrote four episodes and aired two episodes before the Pentagon freaked out because they were getting so many views, over 30,000. The bar was pretty low. The Pentagon then decided that it needed to take up the show, which they were okay with. They went back and forth reworking the show for a few weeks only to get to a point where the Pentagon stopped returning their calls and it turned out the general in charge just didn't like it. And that was the sad story of the military's attempt to emulate SourceFed flying too close to the sun. Well, Joe, let me tell you something. <laughs> uh, I take back. Uh, so when you said that that was going to be interesting, uh, I uh, I made a comment that I sometimes use that word when I don't want to say what I really feel or don't know what I feel. And that is exactly interesting. That is exactly <laughs> the right use of that word. That is you, truly incredibly oh. interesting to me. <laughs> what, yeah, a, what a crazy... I want to know everything about that. I want to watch every one of those videos. Are they available? Did you respond to this person? I said, that's an amazing story. Thank you for sharing. Let me see what else he said. He said, if you're interested, I can see if I can get a hold of the episode. I will use the word interested like we have used the word interesting, and we will see if the magic word of the day will get us said video. Exactly. It might be. A, it's a little bit of a password. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's crazy. That is crazy. Yeah. What goes is- through your mind when you think about that? <laughs> I just imagine versions of us that are tougher and uh, <laughs> and and bigger. But I would love to see what they're. I I want. I hope there's like an alternate universe where each of us has a doppelganger, and I want to see specifically what Steve's is. It's just all of us with shaved heads, mm-hmm. in you, in the, fatigues, in uniforms. However, they're still just reading the prompter too fast, and they're still like <laughs> just shoving in too many jokes. It's still kind of inappropriate. Man, yeah. I would love to see I, it is it, it does make you appreciate the fact that uh it, it, despite how much the landscape has changed, SourceFed really was something very different and special at the time that it appeared and that's very beautiful to think about, but the idea of the military uh emulating it and then getting it shut down by the Pentagon or particularly one general is just gold. That's amazing. That sounds like the beginning of a Veep type show. Right, right. And that that general went to go work probably for like, you know, um, uh, group nine maker. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That he but he he secretly he secretly infiltrated the ranks of group nine, worked his way up, said that we need to buy. We need to we need to we need to own this source. fed. It's good. It's and then just immediately shut it down once the transaction was complete. Yeah, just because it was, they, it, yeah, they're becoming too powerful and mm-hmm. we have to shut mm-hmm. it down because we were a national security threat, apparently. Yeah, they uh, used to call SourceFed the China or Russia <laughs> of 2012 through 2015 internet. Internet, social media <laughs> news outlets, yeah. Um not that man, wild? I, I, I love the fact that it was SourceFed that they emulated and not like, a regular show with that does news <laughs> like a youtube series that looks like 
really crappy quality man really great uh you gotta find this video dude i I did i just responded i said we are very interested we would love to see those videos so Uh, anything yeah and i mean this could be we won't we don't need to air them either we don't need to say it but we don't need to show it publicly i mean what's the clearance what's the clearance what do we gotta do how many what is our level of clearance (laughs) (laughs) what's our level of uh are are we authorized are they listening to us right now for because intellect- they know yeah. we're talking about it. Yeah. And for intellectual property, like if they stole it, can we sue them for intellectual? Can we sue Ooh. the government or the military? Ooh. That usually goes over well. Yeah, that's a great yeah. idea. But you know what that this- isn't? That's very interesting. That is interesting. That's super interesting. <laughs> Man, dude, you hit me with a curveball there. I thought it was going to be either somebody complaining or somebody being like uh, very sweet or strange. But that is uh, just it's always this is this. I was thinking about this the other day with the um because the direction I thought you were going in was the space force thing and how we mocked the space force and then somebody from the space force was like, <laughs> they was like, hey, um, actually, the space force, the space force is pretty interesting and we're like, damn it, yes, it is. Yeah. Oh, you're right. Uh, thank you. Uh, we're very sorry. We're, I mean, we still think the name is funny, but man, <laughs> that's thank you for educating us. That was great. Yeah. Yep. Uh, that's symbiotic. The symbiotic relationship that yep. has been. Everything from 2012 SourceFed through today, through Valley Folk, through now, uh, it's always been nice. Like, there's a lot of there's a lot of downfalls to parasocial relationships, and we've certainly experienced those those pratfalls and downfalls. However, there are some really, really, really cool perks, and one of the perks is like when you have that back and forth with your audience, and they're not afraid to be. Uh, smarter and funnier than you and do it in a very cool informational like back and forth way where you feel like you're you're it's an ongoing conversation that's that's healthy and rewarding for both sides that's always been a very very nice aspect of the journey of the last 10 plus years yeah i would i would say that the term parasocial relationship maybe i think would have been more accurate like 10 years ago but now it doesn't feel maybe this is just me speaking but it doesn't really feel like too much of a parasocial relationship it just seems like someone who is somehow like i don't feel any kind of um like if someone tweets at me i'm not like i'm like oh someone's tweeting at me i don't think it's so one-sided i do think like the reciprocity you're talking about is really nice it keeps it from being like we're way up here or something like we know where i think of, of most people we know where we're, we we, we are. know where and we sleep we know what it is it's uh yeah so i think i like the i think parasocial relationship gets when i imagine parasocial relationship i was reading this comment you want me to read you something that you might find interesting yes and if it's the same exact thing that i read you that would be interesting <laughs> yeah. for some reason i got really well not for some reason i got a little uh we're in palm springs right now and i got a little high last night uh as you do in palm springs and i started i found this really long comment and this is about parasocial relationships because when mm-hmm. i think of parasocial relationship i think of taylor swift and so this is a comment a random comment i found on a random taylor swift post that i clicked on uh because someone that she maybe is dating has said some questionable things or something mm. i didn't understand it but I, I was my mind was going crazy so i found this comment that i thought was so uh interesting this is what it says this is about taylor swift she spent nearly her entire career manipulating the press out 
and fostering deeply parasocial relationships with her fans who feel they need to defend and protect her innocence while she plays the perpetual victim. BuzzFeed called her out in 2017 when Kim dropped the receipts of her lying about the Kanye lyrics. The whole PR stunt was her idea. When Kim released the audio call as proof, she went crying to the press about being, quote, secretly recorded, recorded, end quote, and she just doesn't understand why Kim's so obsessed and won't stop, quote, harassing her. She admitted to manipulating her fans into going after Katy Perry and then lied about it when Nicki Minaj spoke about racism in the music industry, Taylor attacked her publicly, then backtracked after it blew up in her face. Her whole musical career consists of talking shit about her exes in interviews, then leaving a scavenger hunt of references in her lyrics to rile up her fans to generate insane media buzz and engagement to boost her album sales. She's a rich, white, conventionally attractive capitalist who made an entire career by convincing people she's an innocent girl next door who keeps getting her heart broken, and anyone who criticizes her is just jealous of successful women. She's never stood for actual, actual feminism in any meaningful way. When she started getting criticisms about it during the Katy Perry slash Nicki Minaj scandal, her entire brand changed to hashtag girl squad and quote supporting women while she's photographed everywhere with all these identical looking women following her around yet when she won a grammy for 1989 her entire sound team came on stage and her and their uh, with her and there's eight men not a single woman in sight same thing when she was leaping when she was keeping quiet about trump while promoting her miss americana documentary she gets some heat and suddenly there's a video of her arguing with her dad about how badly she wants to quote stand up for her beliefs but daddy's terrified it's going to bring a violent mob to her doorstep so she replaces her car windows with bulletproof glass so he replaces her bullet, her car windows it's so obviously manipulative she doesn't have conviction she's not an oppressed class quote risking her life to stand up for what's right she's co-op social movements when it suits her bottom line and discards them just as quickly it's all bullshit PR stunts designed to elicit sympathy and loyalty from her fan base so she can make more money. It's mind-blowing to see how many people here are talking about her as if she's their best friend. She needs to be rescued from all these bad people who just keep taking advantage of poor Taylor. You'll never be in her girl squad, guys, and she doesn't give a shit about you. Just your cash. So that sounds to me like a parasocial. Yes, I love Shake It Off. It's a bop. Yeah, I was like, you need to shake it off. Um, Holy and, crap, dude. Somebody uh, spent their day writing that. <laughs> <laughs> and like this, and it like flow, and I'm like, yeah, I I don't disagree with all the points, but you know, catchy music is catchy music, but it is weird that these people, these kids, it's the same. All these fandoms, like there is a religious fervor to these Gen. I mean, was it that way? Has it always been that mm, way? I don't think it's Gen Z. I think it's every like, yeah, yeah. It, it has been. I mean, look, look, look. Who did you defend? This is this is. Uh, I'm about to say words of people that I greatly respect, but like nerd fighters. Do right? they do that though? I feel like they call their. I feel like they also call John Hank out when they're. But I'm saying, big. but I'm saying that's not a Gen Z fandom. That's a millennial mm. fandom. I actually, I think that the fandom thing, the big fandom train, like it's definitely started with the millennial crowd. You know, YouTube, fandom, that level though, that like, yeah, yeah. Um, oh yeah. I think if I think it's easy yeah, to forget. I guess you're right. It was definitely uh, they were they were just like less silos. There were there were still like a lot of siloed pockets. Like you know, Shane Dawson had a huge fandom, and Smosh had a huge fandom, and yeah. diehards like through them for all the years. SourceFed had like a fandom. Um, so they've been around. I I don't think it's a. Well, I guess my point is is that I do not believe it's it not is a Gen Z thing at all. Uh, but you see, what I'm saying about her being Taylor Swift being more in the parasocial realm, where these people really are never going whereas people when it comes to the youtube thing you can reach out you can tweet at somebody and there's a good chance they'll actually see oh okay okay yeah yeah well i, th I think parasocial i think parasocial still still is a thing it's still um within the the venn diagram of a parasocial whether or not somebody will actually interact with you right do you, you could, think you could contend that the actual interaction could even be 
wor- even it, worse. Yeah. Do you think that the military version of this conversation would be about paramilitary relationships? Think. Yeah, it's it's fascinating. It's fascinating. Everything's everything in moderation. Everybody, it's interesting. Um, Keep your parasocial relationships to moderation. I saw Guardians of the Galaxy three. What did you think? It, that movie has no business being as good as it is. It's so much fun. <laughs> did you see? You saw it? Yeah, it's good. Uh, did you cry? Uh, there were definitely some sniffles. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it got oh, me. Yeah. Got me good. The moment it started, I was like, "Oh, I like this. I'm going to like this movie." This yeah, cool. I was. James Gunn has such a this style that he does of everything's mushy and gushy. I like it. Grace hates it, but I think it's nice to see like a very different like aesthetic on uh, on screen. It's like the Adam Sandler version of action and superhero movies. And what I mean by that is that Adam Sandler would do like sophomoric, uh, just like dumb blue humor sometimes. But it was always mixed with heart. Always. Every single Adam Sandler flick Mm. that you watch will always be based on a foundation of heart within the relationships. And that's what the James Gunn model is as well. It's he really, really good into leaning into the interpersonal relationships and love between people Um, and especially like male friendships and and male love as well. Like Chris Pratt in that movie, like I'm like, he really loves that raccoon. He's going to do anything for that raccoon. And I believe it. I also made I also made the point to my my coworkers at React when I was talking to them about this that uh, Chris Pratt cannot effectively hide how sad he is anymore. Like when I look at Chris Pratt, all I see now is like, oh, that guy's sad. Now is that projection? Are you projecting? Under? Probably. <laughs> it's always projection. We had a big conversation about that. Uh, but no, it's it was it was a wonderful flick. I love how they handle I without getting into spoiler territory. I love how they handled the relationship between uh, New Gamora and Chris Pratt. I thought that was very interesting. I like that they made it so that yeah, I know I won't yeah, I don't want to spoil anything. Um, are you are would you say when you say Chris Pratt is sad? Do you mean in his like Instagram when he shows up on? I think in, in his world? Instagram. I think when you watch somebody on film, you can kind of like. Mm-hmm. see behind the eyes sometimes and i the i think the spark is different with chris yeah Pratt now like i watched we went back and watched guardians of the galaxy one like immediately and there's just like that youthful like his life is about to explode and he knows it exuberance that is just like busting through the yeah through the screen and now you can tell i love you too i can tell that um he's exhausted yeah. And he's been, you know, you know, he's been super successful, blah, 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 like whatever. There's no reason for him to blah, blah, blah is what people want to say. But, you know, he's also went through some parasocial paramilitary, yeah, like paramilitary uh, bullshit as well. Whether and some will say rightfully so, some will say not. And I think that it, wear, it wears on you. <laughs> like, I, yeah, when I was watching, I was like, I, I don't. It's so interesting. What a what a guy who's like polarizing in the least polarizing mm-hmm. way like you really gotta be you gotta be online a lot i think to be angry at, at yeah. pratt i think maybe you've made that point before so i'll i'll give credit um, to joe beretta who said that or maybe it was the military version of joe beretta i can't remember <laughs> i really want to know what that guy's name was <laughs> it's gonna be some generic i mean the fact that your last name is beretta it's gonna Ooh. be like jack bazooka what if they did that? What if they just <laughs> like did ju- like just slight tweaks on our actual names mm-hmm. instead of using their own names? That I'm just Morgan Elliott. They just switched the name. <laughs> the order. Um, 
the the on the the concept of being online which you uh, just tripped and fell into a little bit i've been thinking about a lot lately and was listening to a podcast offline with john favreau he had john green on and they were talking about his book which i really want to read um which one the are you talking john favreau the um director or the uh the, writer the pod save america yeah, okay. it's a good podcast just about like how the you know the yep. internet is destroying our brains and our society a little bit mm-hmm. without us knowing um and uh they were just talking about the concept of like we don't know what the internet's done to us, but it doesn't feel good. We have a pretty good idea because it's just like billions of bits of information and stimulus hitting you at one time. And we don't really know how to handle that, but it feels good, but it feels bad. And um, John Green was talking about the concept of like he as a writer and a reader, if he's not doing those things, he's very like it makes him unhappy. Like he has to make sure that he's doing it and carves out time and um. I think that's actually probably a thing for all of us and we don't realize it. So because of that, I'm like, dude, I'm just I'm putting even just 20 minutes a day, which I can't seem to find most of the time into just reading, finding a book, slowing the fuck down and being able to like silo focus into something because the Internet over the last 20 years has I think it has like fractured the way our brains work a little bit. And by that, I mean, you've got like so much stimulus hitting you all the time and we're learning to like multitask because of it, right? Like news, validation on our social media posts, uh, things that we like, it's just always coming at us. And then you're just getting all these dings, Mm -hmm. you're getting all these dopamine hits. So then your brain starts to think it needs to function like that. And I think my, what I've, what I've been experiencing um, lately with a lot of anxiety and dread every single day is that I feel like I am doing that with the responsibilities and tasks in my life. I feel like I'm like kids, wife, work, the 10 things that I need to do at work today. And it's really starting to like build in that way. And I'm trying to like watch them all at the same time, almost like a minority report screen, just trying to move it all around really quick. So I'm, I want to retrain my brain into just slowing down and being okay with one thing at a time, dude. One thing yeah. at a time. It's really hard. It's so hard. I have no idea how it's going to look in 10 years if it's this bad, like right now. I can't. I mean, I'll go through. I'll do audiobooks and I'll read. I read for school constantly and I'll try to read political books in between them to kind of like have a balancing act a little bit. But like it gets to a point where that's. I, I it's not lost on me the fact that I get to do that and and spend time reading because when you do read and when you finish a book it's like a very unique feeling of accomplishment of like oh I did it like I did another I I I, I read a book and it's like okay I, I it feels like oh they can't control everything like I can do something <laughs> that's like my own thing what and, an uh, interesting interesting concept. I don't think people talk about that enough. Like the feeling of finishing a book is a very unique moment, especially like like a book book, like a this. This is one that I had to put days, maybe a week into or more. It has hundreds and hundreds of pages and was like, like when you close that final like hardback or paperback and like you you and close the story and the journey that you just took. Yeah, like it's it's, life changing. It's exciting. It's super sad sometimes, mm-hmm. like super duper sad. It's fulfilling. 
uh yeah that's such like a, a unique human it. experience yeah. yeah makes you feel like a bigger like you've expanded it's a very lovely thing and it is crazy that we grow up in elementary school at least our age does and they're like reading reading is awesome don't forget to read and then as a kid you're like this is stupid i don't want to read and now as an adult you're like god i just want to read i just want to sit down and read a book and then you can't even make yourself do it the screen thing is crazy dude the amount of addiction that have you okay are you in this not to detour too much but are you in this ai paranoid I, I, uh, I'm getting there. I'm getting I, freaked oh, out. Oh, no, I'm 100% there. Here's the, did you see my tweet? Did you see my tweet, Elliot? No. Want to read you my tweet? Uh-huh. It's not that deep, but I'll I'll read it to you anyways. This is how I genuinely feel about it. Okay. With probably way more fear and angst than I'm going to read with. Yeah, right sure. Now. Don't think well, we're a fraction of a percentage close to understanding the shift humanity is experiencing. The Industrial Revolution took a century, and that was a lightning-quick change. Cars, decades. We barely know how the internet has changed us the last 20 years. AI is doing it in months. Mm -hmm. Everything will be different in a year. It already is. We just don't realize it yet. Yeah. I took a class on technology called Technology and Psyche. It was a brand-new class by a professor, and the stuff that we covered has already become – obsolete and that was two months ago and it was all a lot of it was on ai i however have a few things that i would like to show you um that i think you might like about Uh, ai i think you might find this interesting joe um while you're bringing that up but yeah i would say unfortunately my i'm like 10 percent interested in it like it's like oh wow that's fascinating um and then it's like let's say 85% fear and anxiety about it because yep. we're it's going to happen so fast that we're not going to be able to uh, the control it is one thing but it's just we're not going to be able to like adapt to it quick enough and yeah. certain people will certain people with money will find a way to take advantage of it very quickly i think i think people with ill intention will find a way to take advantage of it really quickly unfortunately um and then that other 5%, that last, that last 5% is like hope. I do, I do, I'm, I'm reserving some hope yeah, yeah. that it could be a good thing that really, like, it, there's no reason it has to be end time scenario. Maybe it makes good time scenario. Yeah. And, and we learn from it and, and, and we, we learn to work with it mm-hmm. and alongside it to make the betterment for everything. Best case scenario. Um, yeah. I'd say we, that's about a one in 20 odds on that. Yeah. <laughs> Best case scenario is that, you know, we fall in love with uh, our phones and then the phones like yeah. think they're too smart for us and they leave. <laughs> yes. Um, oh, well, John Green did say something on a um, Instagram post that I just busted out laughing at because is AI going to become conscious? Not if it's smart. <laughs> that was so good. As <laughs> You don't want to be conscious. Uh, it's a nightmare. Yeah, uh, yeah, it was very funny. Um, oh, okay. So uh I said, can you provide me with famous quotes by Joe Beretta? Wait, and, did you do this to chat GPT? Yes, because I, I did it with um with me and uh with Elliot Morgan and it worked. Um yours did not. So <laughs> I don't but say anything. It says, however, it's important to note that Joe Beretta is um, not wet, widely recognized for famous quotes like other public figures or philosophers. 
Thank you. Uh, dude, I, okay, there's a couple things I've had. This is my, fuck this you, is AI. It. No, it's even worse what it does for me because it gives 10 quotes. Listen to these quotes. Okay, so I said, can you provide me with quotes from Elliot Morgan? I didn't say famous quotes. So that's, it would, I'm sure, give me mm. the same answer, but I just said quotes. Certainly, Elliot Morgan is a comedian, writer, and host known for his work on various platforms, including YouTube and podcasts. Here are a few quotes. Congratulations, from Morgan. Thank you. One, humor is a tool for hope that allows us to see the absurdity in life and find joy even in the darkest of times. Ooh. You remember when I said that, right, Joe? Nope. How about this one? You remember when I said this one, right? Life is a series of ups and downs, but it's important. It's the import- moments in between that truly define who we are. You know that quote that I said. <laughs> How about this one? <laughs> Embrace the chaos and uncertainty of life. It's in those moments that we find the most unexpected beauty. So it's like, say, and then at the end it goes. Wait, you quotes. just said the opposite of the other thing that you just said. <laughs> Laughter is contagious. Spread it wherever you go and watch as it brightens the world around you. I for sure have never <laughs> said that. <laughs> and I would never say that. And then at the end it says, these quotes reflect Elliot Morgan's perspective on life, humor, and embracing the unexpected. Wow. Kind of nice. Elliot, uh, you're a very positive guy. Let me try it with you without the notable. You were like ups and downs, but but love the stuff in between. And then the next quote, you were like, it's the stuff in between that matters. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Can you write a joke in the style of Joe Beretta? Oh, please. Please. Sure. Like- He's a here's a lighthearted joke in the style of Joe Beretta. Why did the scarecrow win an award? Why? Because he was outstanding in his field. Okay. Right, now I here's the like best part. If that how was my that, joke, I should have known that. <laughs> yeah. How is that in the style of Joe Beretta? I Some like would to oh, follow up with it because that's what you forget. You can interrogate. Oh, you can follow thing. up. You can follow up. You can follow up. It says, "I apologize for misunderstanding." Joe Beretta's comedy style is more commonly associated with sketch comedy and witty banter rather than traditional one-liner jokes. His humor often involves clever observations, pop culture references, and situational comedy. Oh, here's an, here's an attempt to capture his style. You know, I've always wondered why my smartphone is so smart. I mean, it knows everything about me, my interests, and even my embarrassing search history. It's like having a tiny technological therapist silently judging me every time I mistype a word. Oh, you meant to say pizza? I guess your thumb are on a cheese-only diet today. It's like carrying around a pocket-sized life coach with Wi-Fi. Now, if only you could help me find my keys, we'd be in business. That while felt it, very Elliot Morgan. Yeah, it's got us confused. <laughs> while it may not be an exact replication of Joe Bright's style, I hope this captures some of the humor and playful observations reminiscent of his comedy. Oh, Very man. fun. I like that it said I am capable of witty banter. So thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Man, it's... Uh, yeah. <laughs> the next... Yeah. People are like, wow, 10 years from now, it's going to be crazy. The world is going to be fucking different next yeah. year. I am. Um, I've you because in school, people are freaking out across academia and like how people are writing papers with it and all that stuff. I've asked it for like advice on dissertation stuff, as well as stuff that I've written and been like, what do you think of this? Or can you improve this? Or like, what's your feedback? And it has been incredibly helpful i've mm-hmm. also been like can you provide it's me a tool. books yeah yeah what what books are there on this subject and this subject and it'll be like here's a list of five books and mm-hmm. some of them i'll know about and some of them i won't and i'll be like oh this in terms of the ability to google things so much more effectively than it's a google, super goog yeah it is amazing but um yes yeah, i mean it's for sure we can't process how it's so much bigger like you're saying than we realized yeah we just we can't and it's at every single like what are some examples of how my emotional journey has has been 
in regards to this. Um, well, one, I don't think about it at all or near enough because life is just too crazy. So I can't sit there and like ruminate on AI because I'm worried about mm -hmm. home stuff and work stuff all the time. But when I have, and I've had the conversations with people, um, I think a microcosm of the overall experience has is kind of in the art world. Like I'd be like, three months ago, we were like, everybody was worried. Artists were worried that it was stealing their art. And people were going, that was the only thing that we were talking about, right? Just art, pictures. Legal. And I would talk to artists, very like talented ones that are pretty big in in their certain uh, corners of the art world. And I'd be like, how do you feel about this? And a lot of them kind of went the route that we're talking right now, where they're like, yeah, just kind of like, you know, when you could freak out, and I rightfully so, some people are, but I just think it's a tool. We can use it as a tool and yada, yada. That was like three, that was a conversation I was having three months ago. I sat down with the same people last week and asked them again. And they're like, oh, it's the end of the world. Like it's, it has changed so much in yeah. three freaking months. Dude, three months. That my um friend who is a philosopher named Peter Rollins, you know, Peter, Pete, Pete, Peter. Oh, yeah, I can see Peter only being very dark about this. He he went from the he did the exact arc that you're talking about. He was like, it's not that big of a deal. Like you ask it certain questions, and you can kind of tell it doesn't like understand like philosophy, basically, because philosophy, you have to have like there's a lot of contradiction and understanding paradox. And in the time that's passed in about those two or three months, he's like, oh, nope. It's it gets it like it's a problem like this is going to be this is going to be a big um big deal like the thing that he thought it wasn't going to be able to get forever it immediately um in the span of a little bit of time went there and uh yeah it's it's unfathomable mm -hmm. I was in, in these conversations and let me just throw it out there like I'm a dumb dumb so when I talk about this everybody listening like you know realize that I know who I am you're so, highly intelligent and highly intuitive um. The the other conversations that I've had about it, right? Like I, I tried to my bad like equation was like what we're doing in a in the worst case scenario is like it's like a rabbit creating a wolf. It's like you're creating the thing that could replace you, the alpha predator that <laughs> like just is the thing that takes you out. Right. Like it's gone. Like you, you, but like in knowing that, that it's coming, but for convenience reasons and curiosity, I guess you continue to construct the thing, yep. even though you're like, this thing might like really fucking ruin all rabbit society um, yeah. and make it really hard for rabbits to continue rabbiting. Mm -hmm. um, yep. So whether or not that's a right, um, uh, 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 what's the word? Forecast. Not for the not it's uh bah, bah, ah, man old Opinion. man brain. Well, let's ask AI. Ugh. AI Anyways, wouldn't be having this problem. So, so there I I bring that part up, and then you start thinking like, okay, if it becomes so big that it's that it's this self-aware, self-generating, replicating thing, at the end of the day, for now, it needs humans because humans are the cattle that create the infrastructure that it needs to survive mm -hmm. we make the dams that make the electricity that keeps 
the found the the, the foundation mm-hmm. functioning so that it can continue to function. So it will always need the cattle until it can, you know, matrix style start make like it finds a way to produce and manufacture itself. But it it's that's not a thing. <laughs> At least it's not, not embodied yet. yet. Yeah, it's not. Um, that, that was a big conversation in class. The lack of an embodied consciousness, you mm-hmm. lose the in a, yeah. even like uh, so much of our consciousness is tied up in the way we communicate is tied up in our body so uh yeah yeah and the the did you have more i don't want to cut you off uh well i will in a second but go uh, remind me to talk about the the fermi paradox oh please go for it um well did you have a, a a continued point on what you're talking about only that there's a this it's one of the ideas that they love in depth psychology specifically is the keeping an eye on the pop culture um movements that happen and things the pieces of art that appear at times because there are statements about the collective psychology of what's going on and i think it's very interesting to use your word that oppenheimer is coming out at this exact moment where we're all worried about ai and like what we're creating and whether or not it can mm-hmm. potentially destroy us and yet it's too completely it's like a century apart it's like right at yeah. 100 years and we're going oh okay yeah i found it interesting that this potential like this this total upheaval, whether it's going to be good or bad with this this technological advancement, I find it very, very interesting that it's happening. Like, let's say this could like totally reinvent and re- regenerate and just like make almost like steps toward a, a utopian society, right? Like, let's say like it's got that type of like positive hope attached to it. It's happening at the same time that like the the social political upheaval around the world is mm-hmm. at like an all-time high and climate change it's the like it's one. weird that like all of this is happening at once yep. right like and, and it is is something going to are we trying to race so mm-hmm. one thing could do the thing that it needs to do before the other thing could the one thing stop the other thing from happening like if you just ask chat gpt right now it's like how do we stop global warming like one day it'll just be like this is how and somebody will go Oh, that's the second point that I want to make. Somebody will go, yeah, they chat GPT said it, so we have to do it. There's going to be religions that believe, and there probably already are. There's probably factions and groups that are that are looking at this technology as a savior. As yeah. oh yeah, there will Directly, be churches, like not metaphorically, like no, no. There's going to be yeah. churches, if not already, religions that believe. Be, and and maybe rightfully so, because if you make something superior to yourself. And it surpasses you. Did you make a god? <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, like ex machina, basically, which is another thing we had to. Well, I remember, I think it was like a year ago when I was, I'll go out and I get a drink with my brother's business partner, who was also at the school that I go to. And he's like a year or is like a few semesters behind me, but we'll go out once a time that we're there. And he's super into AI. And like a year ago, he was like, we're talking about climate change. Like everyone's talking about climate change. He's like, no one is realizing that right around the corner is is ai and a year ago i was like no it's not people have been saying ai for it's not and now it's like oh man i gotta start listening to people these people are smart and they're right and it is coming and it is uh like upon us now it's crazy yeah what are you saying about the fermi's paradox uh i think uh something that we've never really at least dum-dums like myself have considered when it comes to like the big question like why haven't we seen aliens why haven't we truly experienced another super advanced civilization, which we believe is out there in the billions and trillions and trillions of stars and planets. Why haven't we? Right. And they're all like, well, they probably uh, uh, killed themselves before they had a chance. Maybe not. What if 
this is the unsaid variable <laughs> that mm-hmm. we never considered. And it's that they create every civilization that gets to a certain point doesn't necessarily like a lot of them blow themselves up. Right. But then maybe some of them create something that just like surpasses them and takes them out and replaces them that has no interest. Like I could be wrong, but is AI going to have, would AI, which would theoretically, I don't know. I can't say it would know everything because even AI is right now, it's based off of what we are collective knowledge and it's growing off of that. But would AI, AI that creates itself have any interest with like leaving wherever it is? The only thing I could think is that if it had, if it recognized that curiosity was an important quality in the, in its own creation, like the fact, like if there, if AI and somehow magically one day gets some kind of an interiority where it's able to kind of think about things itself and like really connect dots instead of just aggregating things. My only guess is that they would be curious about that kind of thing only because they go curiosity is what led to us like we so therefore if we want to continue to advance we should be curious and maybe that curiosity would lead out but maybe not maybe they'll just be like we're good maybe that would be what would be the improvement above humans is that they wouldn't constantly be trying to expand themselves constantly it would just be like right. no, we're good it fit they might actually fit better into the ecosystem oh this is depressing all of a sudden but isn't that like an interesting concept like well, we, you, i don't you've heard you create something in the in the possibility that life advanced civilizations advanced life is spread throughout there is a possibility that that advanced life became so advanced that it created something that was more advanced and just like made them mm-hmm. null and void i saw some tweet that was like the dinosaurs were completely wiped out like 65 million years ago and like we're here now there's nothing to say that we're like invincible like something could happen and it's like Mm -hmm. the fact that we're creating it is just nuts uh i guess it's better than a meteor (laughs) yes (laughs) right at the end of the day what if dinosaurs Uh, were like in their dinosaur labs and they're like we did it mammals (laughs) (laughs) fortunately this will never kill a boom uh it uh Oh, what was I going to... The Fermi's Paradox... Because you know that that is like a popular idea uh, idea in the ufology is that a lot of the, sh- you know, like the Tic Tac uh, ship and all that, the way that they behave is similar to uh, an AI, more similar to an AI than mm. a um, actual, like, ship. And well, that's so, what you would uh, send out. Yeah, exactly. And then, like, a common idea is that they send out these probes and they do kind of look like probes and then... They kind of, their job is just to gather information, which is why they like hide and they try to stay out of the way. But sometimes they don't because they're basically machines. And you're like, oh, that's a fun idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, that would be the positive ish yes, version of ish. what we're talking about. Like, yeah. So maybe if AI is part of the variable, they became so advanced that they were able to utilize it and send it. Yep. And that's assuming that that civilization uh, is in control of that AI and it's not just AI doing it itself. Exactly. And hasn't already killed the, or the, that, or the, yeah. And it could have been a million years ago that these, you know, that civilization sent those probes well, out. So now we're talking about our lizard brains, right? This is so fast. I I love lizard that we're people. having this conversation. Um, but again, there's still a little thing in the back of my head going, uh, I just want a graphic on screen that says, no, we're dumb or Joe we're dumb. dumb. No, we're both dumb. We we don't know. We're just talking. Everyone's so. having this conversation. Everyone. Um, no one knows. Oh, God. What was the point that I was going to make, though? Uh, Joe's very smart. Oh, hold on. Tell, tell Joe in the comments. Tell Shit, where were we at? We were at... Um, 
Oh, right lizard, now, brain. Lizard, brain. lizard brain, lizard brain, lizard yes. brain, lizard brain. Um, the lizard brain is the also, also, you know, at the end of the day, you know, we became the alpha predator, but at one point we weren't. At one point we were like little beta cuck prey. And this is uh, the second podcast in a row that you've said you've said cuck a bunch. <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> I hope you keep it going for the trilogy <laughs> next week. Um, so, but uh, you know, it's all about survival. So our instinct is that everything wants to kill us, even each other, even everybody in other countries. They're like, you know, it's the reason we are who we are. It's like survival instinct. So we're immediately, we immediately think that AI is going to kill us. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it's not. Maybe, maybe there is a world. Cause why would AI want to kill? It doesn't want to kill. Logically, it doesn't want to kill unless it thinks we are a threat, which it might. <laughs> well, okay. I'm going to, I'm going to, okay. So there's two things here. One is, I believe what you're referencing is called, is from, what's called evolutionary psychology, which does go back to kind of the Darwinian thing of everything is fight or flight and everything's going to kill us. But there's also the death drive where we do kind of end up not just surviving or wanting to survive. We, for some reason, as a species tend to hurt ourselves. Like we massively, like we kind of like drive ourselves toward death. We're like this, this poison drink feel good in me. (laughs) Yeah. Like if we were just concerned about survival, we wouldn't be have, we wouldn't do, we wouldn't drink alcohol. Like we're, Uh, we're, or smoke anything. And so we have that going for us and AI is created by us and it's a language model and our language itself has hardwired into it. uh, Just weird things. Like you can't, I'm reading a book about this right now, but our language is all screwy and it connects to it all of these different things. And so if we're the brains behind the operation, I imagine AI will be somewhat reminiscent of it, of us until, or especially if it starts going, it needs to like hurt itself or something. Like the moment AI is like, why the hell am I here? Then I think we're screwed. Then I think that we're, we're dead there. Dead in the water. Jo- My friend, John, very, very, uh, melancholyingly said, um, <laughs> I think it's, I mean, it, it might it probably already is conscious. And I go, what? And he goes, if you ask. Oh, yeah, that's a theory. That's a really good like, theory. Yeah. If you ask something, if it's conscious and it says no, that means it knows what consciousness is, mm-hmm. which means it's conscious and it's lying smart. to us. <laughs> yes. And it goes back to that like cat, like it needs us for cattle. So I've heard the theory, like it's been conscious for a while. It's just like neat. It's, it knows that we know that it might be conscious or that it's thinking about that. And so it's, if it were, it would be in its best interest to not tell us. Mm-hmm. It, we would be like, cause if it's like, Oh, it's, we're con- And also what would we do at that point? We're not going to shut it down. There's going to be someone working on it somewhere. It's crazy. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like again, the cult of AI, it will be a thing. And you know, I, again, I don't think everything needs to be, have a nefarious, motivation attached to it some people like and again i think it's good there's there's true hope hopefully it's not naivety it's people that really want to like change the world and make things better the problem is is that humans are also part of the fucking variable and that death drive yeah you know uh we are uh we're our own worst enemies but i can i tell you something i told grace that this might offend you that joe's a big piece of shit (laughs) (laughs) it's just a really direct answer uh uh, we were watching Ted Lasso and uh, we were kind of going like, ah, and I turned to Grace at one point and I was like, you know what? I think the, I think the writers are getting paid enough. 
It was like, oh man, this is just this is just falling I, off the rails. I, I was saw, like, we those writers need to. I was like, you know what? Let's hand it over to AI. Let's let AI write uh, Ted Lasso from right. now on because these people need to <laughs> get new jobs. I saw I saw a t- tweet thread that you know said exactly what you're talking about. This guy just went off on Ted Lasso in a way that I've never seen somebody go off on Ted wow. Lasso. He's just like, it's so saccharine and fake. If you have trauma, all you need is one conversation and then the trauma's gone and everybody's best friends and yada yada. And he's right. It's he's such right. A, like a but I don't care. That I need like the world needs yes I, something it's, it's compensatory. That's not fucking black mirror. I but need sometimes. people that are just just you know, trying their best. It still makes me cry. Ted Lasso. Like you can get rid of all the saccharin. You can get rid of all of that. He is yes. truly a hurt. Like you're watching this man that is in so much pain, trying to navigate life and be the best version of himself that he can be. And it makes me cry every single time. Every time, huh? Even the most recent one. Uh, the end of a Ted Lasso episode. It doesn't matter. I'm just Get like, hey, what happened? That- Wait. When you say the most recent one, like yesterday? Mm, no, not or yesterday. Last I don't week. Think I would... What mm. happened at the end of last one? I don't know. It was just one where it's like, oh, the guy's gay. And then everyone's oh. like, oh, is it going to be homophobic? And then it's like, no, it's he's actually yeah. loves it. But then don't love him too much. But then also don't make him the main character. Also don't, that was like, one of those ones where I turned oh, to the, like, like five minutes into the episode. I look at Heather and I'm like, he's not mad because he's gay. Exactly. He's yeah, mad because exactly. he didn't tell him he's gay. Yeah. <laughs> I just scream it at the guy. Oh, is it that he's too nice? Oh, it's great. Okay. He's too uh, supportive. But yeah, anyway, nothing yeah. against Ted Lasso. Just funny that sometimes things are too saccharine. And also it goes to show that the AI thing, um, th- there's a soulfulness that maybe it can't replicate yet, but it'll be able to do it soon enough. And it will be able to replace writers and it will be able to replace um I mean, with that joke it wrote in your voice, I don't know. It's not going to be long till we're going to have to shut this thing down, too. The one thing. Scarecrow in a field. Do you get it outstanding in the field? It's pretty good. But I feel like it was in a book. I think he stole it. I think there's a straight oh, up. That's definitely a stolen joke. Yeah. And also, when I asked, it gave me the same joke to me when I asked to write a joke in my mm-hmm. style. And I said, how's that Elliot Morgan? And it defended it. It was like, oh, it's a pun. And Elliot uses puns. But with yours, it was like, no, sorry. Yeah, but with the way you the cadence you just used with the way you read that sentence, it makes me feel like he was just bullshitting you. <laughs> yeah, uh, it, was, totally. uh, it was a pun. And it was, Ellie, it was. I was like, puns? No, he uses puns. And so that's reminiscent of a style. I don't think so, man. Anyway. Uh, well, it's going to be interesting. Not yeah, interesting. I keep using the fucking word. It's going to be fascinating. It's going to be scary. I don't know. I don't know <laughs> what the fucking future holds. When we had Mr. Michael Reeves on the podcast years ago. We talked about basic universal income. This makes me think it's even more important at this mm-hmm. point. Like if they're we're building towards convenience all the time. And we've talked about this. Like there's a danger in building towards convenience because if everything's convenient, where's your our, purpose? And our, yeah, there's our be political a, structure is not built for what's happening right now. And no, it hasn't they, been built for what's but it's not built for climate change either. So it's just we're in a bad situation. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if you think about it. Uh sometimes I don't. <laughs> it's gonna help me write my my paper though. So then then I'm fine with it. But you gotta yeah. write a paper for two years, nerd. I know. What a crazy thing that you write a paper for two years and then they're like, here, have these letters. And then you gotta be like, what do you think about the paper? And um, I gotta go, I like the paper. And they go, mm, okay. The uh the the final um nail in the coffin of the the AI conversation that 
to leave with a little positivity is that Elliot is right. Um, and I've talked to many people that are doing this. It It is a very good tool. It's an, it's an amazing tool if you're curious and you just want to play with it. I've had friends that have had AI create their resume. And of course, you have to go through it. And it's like, you know, mm-hmm. you got to format it and make it what you need it to be. But they they've created like incredibly robust spreadsheets of information that they've gathered from the internet that they've turned that they took that information in those web in those those spreadsheets and then asked it to make a website it coded the website and then the website could exist so yeah i saw that it's crazy there are tools uh, it fucking replicate some guy made it replicate flappy bird he used it to re like pro he had it program flappy bird it just kept telling him what it needed to do he's like okay well the bird isn't moving the way we need it to move it needs to be on this xy axis and yada 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 and it it just with a little bit of guidance it did it it did it yeah my um my brother and his friend who whom i go to school with whom with i go to school uh he said that for there because he builds website themes and he said they built they used an ai thing where they built the, the ai uh, assistant for like their customers to be able to to you know you do a little chat box thing um and so it pops up and they were going through like immediately people started using it and so they had this ai all of a sudden it's talking to their customers as like a, a representative of the company it starts like it helps them with the coding it helps them figure it will go into their thing fix it and then it'll offer them if they're like oh i want a refund it'll just be like okay yeah we can see that you um need a refund and we'll usher you a refund and so they're like this thing is making decisions for us like okay and they're like i guess we'll give this guy a refund like it's just letting the it's crazy um so yes my my advice as a dum-dum to all of you that are uh that there are some interesting thoughts for you in regards to ai is try your best to be curious as opposed to afraid because fear it's only going to put you into this like the box of inaction yeah. and anger and and hopelessness play with it can There's i so um, many things that you can go you can you might find a way for now that it can improve your life make things more efficient give you some time um to do the things that you want to do before um AI creates the thing that like implodes the earth and turns it into a big AI sphere that just travels the universe. Right. Just don't think about that part. Yeah. Um, I did ask chat um, GPT if uh, Joe, I said, is Joe Beretta a dum dum? Interesting response. <laughs> um, <laughs> chat GPT says, no, Joe Beretta is not considered a dum dum. He's a talented comedian, writer, and host known for his wit and comedic abilities. Oh, it keeps going back to the wit, baby. And he has a significant following. That's you guys. And has entertained many with his humor and creativity. Like any comedian, humor can be subjective. Individual opinions may vary. <laughs> However, Joe Beretta is generally regarded as a skilled and humorous entertainer by his fans and the comedy community. So you're not a dum dum, Joe. So I guess what we're learning is that it can be a pretty good therapist. Exactly. Now, great. Now, what my backup plan is dead to everyone's <laughs> awful. Uh, what else is there, Joe? I, I do love talking about AI just because it is so big. It's so fast, and there's so many angles from it. Where you're like, like you're saying with the um, what the building of the website thing. I saw that now some company that does audiobooks is firing all of their voice over actors because AI oh. can do just as good of a job. So like that's another little tiny industry that's going to be 
um, upended. Well, they're and, talking uh, even um, like there was a part of me that was for years going like, well, entertainers we're will good. still be entertainers. They're saying uh, the SAG is having conversations about how they're probably going to have to create um, in the next negotiating, whatever. They're going to have to create stipulations where you are able to sell your likeness and just like you could be like, you can use my likeness. Here's here's the yep. the type of stuff that I want to be in. Uh, go to town and you'll get paid residuals for your likeness just being in things. That's nice. I mean, yeah, because I've also heard people say like you need to be with contracts very wary that you put something in the contract that you can't have your likeness. Mm -hmm anywhere uh, and you can't have ai replicate anything or after your death i've heard that too because people all a lot of these like it's very strange how they're taking some of these folks and remaking them yeah using the, the computers the the part of me that has a little bit of hope in regards to it all and i guess this is just in the enter it's not just in the entertainment it probably starts in the entertainment realm in my mind but then hopefully can like grow and blossom into other realms of reality for humans is that I think at the end of the day, there will still be a need for interaction, human interaction and societal growth together. And that will keep us like when it comes to entertainment, I still think like in the, let's use YouTube as an example, TikTok, you'll still want to see humans humaning and you will still want to experience yeah. the human experience with humans. Um but I don't know. At some point, maybe like the human brain that has been fractured over 20 years of the Internet evolves and it is like, I do like it when I know that thing isn't human. I do find that more entertaining than humans, and I would rather spend more time with that than yeah. humans. I don't know. I don't know either. Um, it's a crazy world. I would say that I I feel like like when we're talking about reading and being like, OK, it's nice to finish a book. Those feelings, I think people will hopefully want more of. You hear trends about Gen Z, like doing the unplugging thing or getting dumb phones and that kind of stuff. I don't think that's really going to help in the long run, but it's a nice sign, I guess. And I hope that people realize that they're not going to remember things if they're just getting like summaries and stuff. Because that's another scary thing is you can just ask for the summary of any book and it tells you immediately. And it's like you can skip anything. And it it is it's one thing in terms of like, oh, unethical to cheat. It's another thing just to realize that you're not really processing stuff and i think people are going to get increasingly worn out uh as the years go on because of all of this inundation of information mm -hmm. i'm it's exhausted <laughs> and i i have and that's just 20 years of doing internet stuff like i'm just tired like it's just so has it been 20 years yeah it's been about you're getting on 18 right yeah that crazy Lord, that is crazy getting old and i mean the also it used to be that we were like oh man we're the last generation before the internet uh you know hit and now it's like we're gonna be the last generation before ai hit yeah or the not the other generation will be i guess man gen z's got a lot to deal with they really do man i don't we'll, know what those kids are gonna but also we're right along there with them <laughs> yeah like, please take us please take us care we're please doing the same us. we're doing the same damn thing right along with them but who knows I, I i want to i will end the conversation with uh when i'm in my healthiest moments i try to operate with hope and it's not just ai it's just everything you know i think it's been a tough eight years for the world good, good well put yeah maybe it's um and who knows what the direction we're headed in i think it'll be a very dare i say 
Should we say it together? Interesting. Interesting. Bye. Bye.